Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. How is everybody doing? My name is Dr. Lulu, aka the Momatrician. I'm the national keynote speaker on child, teen, and young adult depression and suicide. I am a board certified pediatrician. Can you tell I'm a mom of three boys? Yes. Author, podcaster, friend, sister, wife, you name it. But today, let me tell you something. I have a beautiful soul. You know, when you talk about beauty, everyone's like, oh, she looks pretty, maybe with makeup, whatever. This child here is beautiful inside and out, of course, but inside. It's critical that I say that because she's got the same syndrome that we all have, the not enough syndrome. But you know what? Mackenzie Campanelli, Yana. Yana means you are not alone. There are many of you in that bucket. And I used to be in that bucket and I got out. So we're going to talk about how to get out of that Yana Island. But in the meantime, her name is Mackenzie Campanelli. Beautiful name. It sounds so good. Lands well on the mouth. She is a young entrepreneur, by the way, but she's also a realtor who doesn't sell anything. Her words, <laughs> not mine, you know, judge her. Okay. And then I found her a few weeks ago on her aunt's podcast. And I was like, I need to interview this child. And boom, she's here today. Got a long list of things to tell us about, but she's gonna start at the very beginning by introducing herself. Campanelli McKenzie, take it away, babe girl. Take it Hello. <laughs> so let me just clarify. A realtor who doesn't sell anything, this is true. Um, <laughs> I like to think that I help sell things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in Utah. I'm licensed in Nevada, so I'm not selling anything. I do work for a realtor. She's awesome. But right now I'm kind of assisting. I do a lot of her communication. I call it like a, a glorified, glorious internship that will help me get ready when I hopefully move back. Um, but yeah, don't come to me if you want to sell a house right now because I don't know what I'm doing. I love it. I love um, someone who is in tune with what she can and what she cannot do. It's as simple as that. You know, you can come to me with a toothache all you want. I'm going to be looking at you in your pain because I don't know anything about teeth. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring pediatrics to me and we'll be there all day. Because I love pediatrics. So this is a woman that knows what she knows and knows what she doesn't know. And I love it. It takes a grown person to admit that I don't know. And nothing wrong with that. 
Thank you. Yeah. I, I wasn't always that way. That's for sure. It, I kind of was always in the mindset of, I can't do that no matter what it was. So, <laughs> I mean, it could be putting my hair up in a bun the way it is right now. Nobody can see it, but I used to be like, well, I can't make it look cute. And right now I'm looking at myself like, look at that bun. You look cute. I'm going to tell you a quick, just a quick story about myself. And I, I was just like that. I mean, we all are, we have that bully in our heads that tells us we can't do anything right. Unfortunately, the bully looks like us, sounds like us, talks like us, goes to bed with us, wakes up in the morning with us. So you can't get rid of it. So what I did was a few weeks ago, I do my marketing for my new practice on Wednesday. So a few weeks ago, I went to just do hardcore marketing at this pediatric practice. And then when I was done, you know, my spiel, the lady in the front was like, oh my God, you have to talk to our doctors. You have to talk to our doctors. So we're like, okay. So I said, mate, where's, where's your restroom? She showed me. I went to the restroom. And as I walked in in slow-mo, I looked at the mirror. I winked at myself. And I'm like, girl, you're killing it. Yes. I said it was spontaneous. And I felt so good. I said to myself, girl, you are killing it. Mm-hmm. And that was the best four or five words I've said to myself ever. Because I said to myself, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm doing good and i validated myself and i felt so good that day i haven't stopped you know just i just keep telling myself you're doing good because yeah. times when i can't so for the times that i can i do absolutely yeah. i yeah i have those moments all the time and i have for a really long time but like i said it's always been you suck you're not killing it you could do better in so many ways and like now I do struggle with realizing the things that I do well, but every chance that I get where I feel like, oh, you look cute, or oh, you worked so hard today and you worked extra hours and you're providing for your family, it's like, yes, girl, yes. killing it. Own it, <laughs> killing it, killing it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, Mackenzie, where do you want to start with um, the story? As you so, know, the suicide pages, we talk about. The hard stuff that no one wants to talk about, but someone has to. So Mackenzie? So I want to start with kind of where all of my anxiety and depression began. Um, and it started, kind of started in seventh grade, but really took off when I started high school. And I think it's so funny because I never feel, and I think I said this to you before, I've I never feel like I should be sharing the way that I felt because I feel like it's kind of stupid, I guess. It's like watered down. It's very much, to me, it sounds very privileged and like a sob story, I guess, because I didn't have a bad life at home. I had a loving family, loving siblings. Like I, I wasn't, you know, wanting for anything growing up. And so when I talk about this stuff, it still kind of feels like, who are you? You have no right to share how you feel because you didn't really struggle. Like this is really just all in your head. And yeah, but I feel like that is something we need to talk about is the bully inside our head. And, and you need to own it. It's your story. And you never know who's listening, right? Who is mm -hmm. in the exact same shoes mm -hmm. as you were. Yeah. And for that one person, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So 
Okay, let me, I have a list. Let's see. <laughs> so I noticed in seventh grade, I went to public school, obviously a lot of people do. Um, and that was when I started getting attention from like boys. And I was so inexperienced with anything like that, you know, dating, be having attention from boys. It was just really foreign to me. And so in seventh grade, boys started like flirting with me and just touching me inappropriately, like in class, in the hallways, everywhere. They'd grab my body or particularly like my behind. They would just feel like it was okay to do that. They'd smack me. They'd do all sorts of things. One of them, one of the places they would do it was in my seventh grade math class. And instead of me thinking like, what is wrong with you? You know, I thought that that was the kind of attention every girl wanted and I was getting it. It was like, oh, boys like me, I'm getting attention. I'm growing up and I'm so popular. And that was kind of like the mindset I was in for seventh grade. And it kind of like set the tone for the rest of my schooling. And so it got worse, obviously, or it kept going as the years went on. Eighth grade, I think in seventh grade, I was getting a drink out of a vending machine. I was wearing a skirt and a boy came up to me and he, you know, he did this kind of stuff all throughout high school, but he put his hand down the front of my skirt. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it was like in that moment, something kind of snapped in me where I was like, no, that's not okay. Like, Good. you know, Good and, I, you. and I kind of pushed him away and I yelled at him and I walked away to go walk home because I lived across the street from the school. And I ended up turning back around and going to look for him to like get madder and tell him like how wrong it was, but I couldn't find him. And so that was probably the worst of that year. Like I still didn't really say much when guys would do stuff, you know, to my behind or whatever, but that was kind of like how it started. It just kind of set this tone for how I was letting people treat me and how I would eventually treat myself. And so I love the way you said that, you know, let's unpack that for a second, how I was letting people treat me. And I had to realize that myself as an adult, all the months and weeks and years that I was bullied in the bus, I let them. Now there were like 20 of them, but I let them nonetheless. Nobody Mm -hmm. ever came to help me. There was this one girl that came one time just, I don't know, half-hearted effort. And I don't know that I could have done anything different then, but I did allow them though. Maybe I could have told my dad. Maybe Mm -hmm. I could have told my mom. Maybe someone that could have talked to the school boss. I don't know, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. And I didn't tell my parents either. And my parents are my best friends. So it was just like, I don't know why I didn't tell them. Maybe it's because I didn't want the attention to stop because I was convinced that it meant I was popular or going yeah, to so succeed. So you half wanted it and half didn't want it, which, which they know it was disrespectful. And now I know you know they disrespected you big time. But also mm-hmm. that is physical bullying yeah, and emotional yeah. too, because you didn't like it. They might not have called your name, which, which is verbal, 
But that was physical and emotional, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And I don't think I realized it because I think subliminally it was making me feel really self-conscious about the way I looked. So maybe eventually when I gained weight and didn't look like that anymore, it was like, well, now I'm not desirable. Mm. No no one's going to want to do that because I'm not desirable, even though I'm married. And when I did end up gaining weight, I was married and with someone who loves me unconditionally. But it just kind of was like, oh, you don't look like that anymore. No one's going to want to pay any attention to you. So, um, eighth grade was kind of the same, but I kind of changed a little bit between like seventh and eighth grade, seventh grade. I was like, oh, this is great. Eighth grade. I was more kind of like, okay, we get it. You know, don't touch me. And then high school started. So right before high school started, we did like an election for freshman class president. And that's when I really noticed how much stage fright I have. So I um, wanted to run for freshman class president. I was like, I want to do this. I have friends, you know, and I had written a speech and I had written stuff out and I got on stage to talk in front of my class and my voice was so shaky. I forgot everything I wanted to say. And I, I felt like I just looked like a fool. And so I ended up losing, obviously. I projected no confidence. And so I just kind of learned, okay, you have stage fright. Um, and so my freshman year started off same kind of stuff. This boy who would be inappropriate all the time, he ended up like kissing me on the first day of school, the first day of school, you know, we weren't dating, we weren't anything. And in front of everybody, he's like kissing me and touching me. And I'm letting this happen. I'm like, now I see. Yeah. So basically they also saw that energy from you that, well, she's not going to fight back. She's not going to say anything. And we can all just, you know, disrespect the heck out of her. And Mm-hmm. We can she all just talk about it. her. She likes it, you know. A lot of yeah. people say that you're enjoying it. They tell you that you're enjoying it, which is why one of the people, because I was molested as a child, and so, you know, yeah. Now as a 50 year old, yeah, I enjoy that, but I know I could. It could be better, but there's that piece of me that was like, you, you, you want this? No, mm-hmm. I really don't. That hurts, and I really honestly don't want it, but. Mm. I wanted to feel wanted because I was always such like a romantic. I loved like love movies and romance movies. And I would just want that for myself so badly. And none of it had to do with sex. Like none of it had to do with the sexual attention or energy that was projected on TV. None of that. It was just like, I want a friend who wants to hang out with me and doesn't care about that but I guess the way to do that is to like give these people what they want to a certain extent yeah. um and so it started off kissing this boy he was on the football team and so that fizzled out by the end of the week and then I some kid was like interested in me and so that started up and so I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So we were like dating at school. We didn't hang out outside of school. Yeah. We were kissing, making out all that kind of stuff. And then there was like this freshman movie night where we went into like this side part of the auditorium and just watched a movie. And this boy that I had like 
for a really long time was sitting next to me. And it's so funny. He actually, <laughs> I don't want to give too much information because if anybody I know is listening to this, I don't want them to think like, oh, she's naming names and she's like obsessed with everybody. I don't know. So don't name names. Yeah. But he um, sat next to me and I noticed because he was like my boyfriend in sixth grade. And I broke up with him because we were going to high school. It was so stupid. But he sat next to me and he was like putting his arm around me and talking to me. And every single time I got a boyfriend in high school, he would do this. But then he would never like, it would, it would convince me to like cut off whatever relationship I had with somebody and then pursue him. But as soon as I did that, he would stop the attention. So it just felt like constant rejection kind of over and over and over again. And he was the kind of boy who wouldn't get handsy. He would, he was really smart, you know, but he kind of like knew how hot he was. Hmm. And so he would kind of just like use that as a way to mess with me. It felt like yeah. and so that night. Yeah. So that night we were at school and we were talking and he like put his arm around me and I was just kind of sitting there like that. I was still dating this other boy, <laughs> you know, and I'm so young and so naive. And we were, we were next, all like that. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing I know, my boyfriend is calling me on the phone, breaking up with me, telling me I cheated on him and that some girl had told him that I was all over this other boy and cheating on him. So I call this girl who I thought was my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just yelled at her. I was like, who do you think you are? Like, you don't know anything about what was going on. Um, that's not true. Whatever. And so the next day, those two, the girl and my ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. were all over each other in the of hallway course. at school. Of course. Never fails. And Never that was... Fails. I that was going to take a moment to say... Women, honestly, with all due respect to those who are not, we generally tend to be our own self's worst enemy. Women against women. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. It's, it's as old as, I don't know, Evie have a sister, but if she had one, she probably would have been. I'm just like, we just need to stop, collaborate, and listen. You know, like, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of when I realized, okay, now there's rumors going around about me and this girl is like the catalyst for all these rumors. And that was kind of like the start of all this crap. And so I realized girls suck, guys suck. Um, I don't have friends. (laughs) So, and my cousin's kind of going through that right now. Um, she's a sophomore and her best friend kind of like turned on her and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And she's trying to navigate through this and I'm just trying to reiterate to her like look you don't need everybody to be your friend just go to school it's okay I'll be your friend your family's your friend like you don't need to feel bad about yourself because of this in the grand scheme of things in five years this person will be forgotten and like uh yeah yeah, I completely see how as a teenager you can't see past your nose I mean it just the whole world revolves again around your friends and uh it's exhausting. Yeah. I used to be like, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So that was when I kind of realized like, okay, people are going to be rude to you and there's something wrong with you because they're talking about stuff that's wrong with you. So that kind of started this constant questioning of 
myself. Like, you know, is anybody going to like you? Do they only like you because you let them kiss you or touch you? Or is that the way you keep people in your life? Like, how do you stay friends with girls? Like nobody's going to be your friend. And so what was hard is that this girl was like the stepsister of my best friend at the time. And so I had kind of felt like that relationship or that friendship kind of becoming, yeah, it was just becoming kind of distant and, but we stayed friends, um, until my sophomore year, this is another story and hopefully you can do some magic editing. Cause I don't feel like I'm going through this very well, but the drink is fine. Uh, so the next year, um, wait, no, sorry. So my freshman year, I hosted this, um, charity, not charity, but like a fundraiser for the dance team. And I still had stage fright, but I wanted to do it. I want, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to like get up and talk and yeah. And I wanted to participate in something at school because it sounded fun yeah. and I played volleyball too. So that's a whole other story that we'll get to. Yeah, Cause I was going to say, you, um, can be, you can have friends in, in, in the, the team. I know my son, when he was being bullied and going through his LGBT coming out, he was forced, according to me, say they forced him out. He wasn't really ready. He was outed, according to him. He found solace in band, his friends in band. Yeah, so, yeah I, I know. Maybe your, your cousin can also do that. Yeah, it wasn't the case for me. Like, I didn't volleyball. Well, it's a whole other animal so well page three baby yeah (laughs) we're at so I'm at this event and I'm emceeing having such a good time and at intermission I went out to talk to my friends and so the boy who had kissed me at the beginning of the year and it was always inappropriate me was with me was there and you know everybody else was there and I'm talking to everybody they're like oh you're doing so great and I turn around and I'm wearing a dress that kind of goes to my knees and this boy lifts up my dress in front of oh everybody. God. Yeah. And I'm wearing Does shorts. Does ADD or something? No. I'm wearing shorts. So it was like, okay, they're my volleyball shorts. Everybody sees me in these shorts all the time anyway. But like, what the heck? I know. And it was just like, I'm trying to do this new thing. Why do you have to do this? Like, oh. it's so embarrassing you know and so I ended up telling my parents and my dad was so mad Mad, (laughs) and my brother played yeah my brother was in like a little kids basketball league with his brother so my dad went and told his dad what happened and his family I guess is big on like respecting women and stuff like that um and so he ended up his dad made him like apologize to my dad and stuff like that but Uh, then I think it was known that I was like some prude, you know, who couldn't handle anything and stuff like that. So that happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think my freshman year, I kind of like dated a little bit, but every time I would, that same boy would be like, Oh, so you have a boyfriend. Oh, like I want to talk to you and all that stuff. So I would cut things off. And at the end of my freshman year, I... What was his problem? I don't know. It was like something out of a movie. What was his problem? I don't know. It's almost like <sighs> he knew that he could have that effect on me. And so he took advantage of it. So going back know. to that, we let, we let him, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
excuse me. Oh, it's cold in Utah. I got a runny nose. <laughs> I'm in Texas. It's only a hundred degrees. What? <laughs> oh, um, so I started dating this other kid who was in band and he was so nice to me. He was just like, wanted to talk and have intelligent conversations and hang out and everything. So we started dating. He was a year older than I was. And he had broken up with his girlfriend a week before he started dating me. Little did I know that he had kind of coerced her into having sex with him. He like threatened to break up with her if she didn't. And he didn't tell me any of this. He told me like she was crazy and, you know, she wanted all of these things from him. And yeah. So when we started dating, I would go to school and she would be like at the front of the school and she would give me dirty looks and she would, you know, yell to her friends when she oh, saw me, like I could hear her talking about me. And I just thought, Oh my gosh, you are crazy. Like, I know, so right? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so let me think. Hmm. We see, this is exactly why, why you're thinking this is exactly why my primary avatar our parents, parents of teens. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't get to live your life, but I know your life is stressful enough. Now, of course, you're not a teenager anymore, but I'm talking to parents of teenagers. So you can see why it's easy for a child to start cutting or a child to start ditching school, mm -hmm. a child to start to become suicidal for these kind of stresses. And so when the child comes home, home must be, a refuge. We have to make home a refuge because yeah. this is crazy what kids are going through now. And wait, you didn't even have cell phones then. Throw in a cell phone and iPad and social media and then see how mm -hmm. that can be like exponentially 10x, right? And it's mm -hmm. just one person. How much mm -hmm. can you take? Yeah, exactly. My timeline's off. That was my sophomore year. My freshman year at the I think this is what it was. I, I have the timeline wrong, but at one point, either my freshman year or my sophomore year, I was at this winter ball dance. And this girl who had hated me for a long time, I met her when I was a kid at my old house and we ended up going to the same school. When I saw her at school, and like I said, you're gonna have to do some magic editing to like make this <laughs> make sense. But when I first saw her at my school, I think my seventh grade year, she was in eighth grade. I saw her and I was like, oh, hey, do you remember me from being friends with this girl? She goes, yeah, I hate you. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> my this girl was always mean to me. And then somehow- No wonder, no wonder you feel this way about yourself. You poor darling. <laughs> so- she, she ended up being nice to me at one point. We kind of made up. She said, Oh, remember when I hated you? And I was like, I thought you still did, but okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we kind of made up, but she had dated this guy who I was in class with. So this might've been, this was my junior year. Actually, she had dated him. They broke the up. The guy? No, just a different guy. He yeah. lived on the street behind me and she, the, she dated him for like three years or whatever. So I'm, I think a junior at this point. Yeah. And she, they had broken up. And then my friend whose stepsister did that 
a whole thing my freshman year. She dated him over the summer between our sophomore and junior years. Mm-hmm. And she really liked him, but they ended up breaking up. I think because this other girl who dated him wanted him back, whatever. I don't know. So he and I, we had a Spanish class together with my friend and he and I would walk to school together some days because I would be walking out of my cul-de-sac and he'd be walking down the street and we'd catch up with each other and just talk and walk to school. We were just friends. I wasn't interested in pursuing anything like that, especially because he had dated my friend and I wasn't that kind of friend. Yeah. And so I'm at this dance and he wasn't dating either of these girls. And at the winter dances, hardly anybody I knew would go. And so I would dance with the friends that I knew who were there. This was my sophomore year. I apologize. I've got the timeline right because new stuff's coming into my head. You do know that in so, the grand scheme of things, none of us is going to go back and check and see, was he really sophomore year? Okay. I think just keep going. I mean, I like the fact that you're giving us a sneak peek. My second, my second person I did that was my son. And third person that did that was my niece. Sneak peek of life as a teenager today. I mean, mean, even though it's not today, but it's close enough to today compared to those of us who are 50. So I don't know that it matters, (laughs) honestly, whether it's sophomore or not, because we don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't have a daughter. I don't have a frame of reference at all. But you are giving us an insight into the kind of things that our kids are going through today. Maybe worse. So I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. So at this dance, he's there and he's like the only person I know who's like there and I want to maybe dance with because we're friends. And so we're dancing together and out of nowhere, he like reaches his head around and kisses me. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like, I don't want you to kiss me. I'm just trying to dance with you. Like, you're my friend's ex-boyfriend. We're just friends. Like, I don't want to kiss you. And so I immediately went to my friend who was at the dance. And I said, hey, he just kissed me out of nowhere. I didn't want him to do that. I'm not interested in him. I'm so sorry. It wasn't my fault. Like, you know, I'm so sorry. She didn't talk to me for like two months. And she, she like stopped being my friend. And this was like reiterating this idea that people aren't going to stay your friends. Like she was my best friend since like sixth grade. I had told her so much, you know, and it just was kind of like, okay, you can Mm -hmm. drop me that easily. Fine. Like, I guess I can't keep friends. And so, yeah. So I started dating this other guy who I thought was like a really nice guy and blah, blah, blah. And he, I don't know. I felt comfortable with him. I wasn't super into him, but I just felt comfortable. Like his mom. You're just not that into him. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, he wasn't cute, but he wasn't. (laughs) Oh my God, that's your dad. He he wasn't, he didn't make me feel any kind of way. He just kind of was like. Anything in your stomach. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So. His mom, what's so funny is she would treat me like a slut. Like she would treat me like I only wanted sex and I was constantly trying to get in her little boy's pants. And it couldn't have been more far from the truth. And that was probably why that probably fed that particular emotion of you not being that much into him also. 
that fed that. You know yeah. Mean? Yeah. And so I like, we kind of would get handsy with each other and that was kind of like as far as I would let the physical relationship go. And so that ended when we were at a football game. It ended like a week after this. And I asked him, cause I could feel like this weird stuff between us. And I had just started my junior year. No, doesn't matter. I just started a new school year and he, it was really stressful for me. Um, just new stuff and new challenges. And I was just nervous. And so we're at this football game and I asked him, what do you prefer blondes or brunettes? He said blondes. And I was like, that's funny. Cause I have brown hair. <laughs> and so the next week at school, I was kind of like crying a little bit after school because I was so stressed out. And something about me is that I struggled with like math and science in school. And I was easily stressed with mm. that kind of stuff because I was so anxious that I wasn't going to do well. And so, so that's, and then that's another thing for, for, you know, I know the people who are listening said it from the beginning, but this is great to hear because you're telling us basically all the things that fed, you already have innate anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then all these things feed it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You're not pretty enough. Oh, we're just going to kiss you. We're just going to disrespect you. We're going to drop you as a friend. We're going to, you know what I mean? So I am ha- completely convinced as to why that was there and why that lasted that long. And you know what? I say we are connected by our storylines because I did not know all of this even before I said, okay, we're going to stop, you know, the bully because the truth is there is a bully, but look how long it took the bully to come and just get comfortable in your head. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, and your brain, our brains are like that. You know, our brains hold on to negative emotion. They remind you and for good reason. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't that the car you were driving when you were in a wreck? It reminds you of that. It doesn't mean that you should say, okay, for that reason, I'm never going to drive that car again. But it does remind you that, you know, or whatever. Isn't that what you were doing the last time you were robbed or something negative just to remind you? And then, and then we unfortunately let that come in and just take a seat and then never go, you know. But the truth is history is probably not going to repeat itself. You're probably not going to get in a wreck because you're smarter now. You wear seat belts now. But your mm-hmm. brain still takes you back, oh, every time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it makes sense that you're sharing your story of how you came about to, and then maybe you have a family history, who knows? And so these things do not help you love yourself more. Because exactly. every turn, every turn, you know, somebody it, was out to hit you literally. Yeah. And so every time, like, people would be inappropriate or whatever, it kind of just felt like, okay, the only thing I have to offer is the way I look. So nobody's interested in the fact that I'm funny. Nobody's interested in the things that interest me. Nobody just wants to hang out. Like they, I know the guests keep saying guests. I know the listeners can't see you, but you are beautiful outside. And I said that at the beginning that you're more beautiful on the inside, I think for me, but you. you are also beautiful on the outside. And you know what? A smile will always light up even Excalibur's face, but I don't think I ever saw him <laughs> smile. But this is so good to know just the why, the how, the mm-hmm. what, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the where, because in this case, it was, it was high school. And last night when I was, you know, trying to finish, finish a chapter in my new book, I read, they mentioned that for those who, 
who use the crisis text line, 80% of the kids who use it mention school. Yeah. Can you imagine now? You see what I mean? Like, so that's bringing it all home to me. It makes so much sense because that's where it all started. Like in my adult life, nobody's ever come up to me and said, you know, you're fat and a bitch, you know, <laughs> like, and, and even though they do for some people, but you're right. I mean, I think it gets less as you get older when you realize Wait, that's not good. But also we did have the nurse earlier in the year in England who killed herself because she was bullied at work. So it does happen. Maybe not as much, and maybe, or maybe we don't know those people, but it does happen still. But school is vicious. Mm-hmm. And I say this over and over again because these children have parents. And do these parents ever engage with their kids? Do they ever ask them, are you, are you bullied? If they say no, are you a bystander? If they say no, you are the bully. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's no three ways about it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everyone is like, oh, my child is not a bully. Honey, my son was a bully. You know, my son was bullied. And then one son was just like, whatever, <laughs> you know. So I've had all three, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I'm so nice to people. Why are they so mm-hmm. mean and inappropriate and vicious? Like, I just want to be your friend. You know, I just want you to be nice to me. I'm not looking. Because I think the hatred of myself had started so early. It's like, I don't need to make anybody feel like this. Like, this sucks. So I think, you know, people being inappropriate with me, it was like, okay, all you have to bring to the table is the way you look. So I would wear makeup every day to school. No exceptions. It was like, you cannot let people see what you look like without makeup because that's not cute. And so when my mom let me start wearing real makeup, like my freshman year, I was just kind of like, okay, every single day, nobody needs to see what you look like like without makeup because this enhances the way you look and they'll still think you're pretty. And that's what you have to bring to the table. So this boy, I was crying at the beginning of the school year because I was so stressed out because I was so scared to fail my classes, which never happened. But I, I was always so scared. And he basically told me, like, you're too emotional. You need to, like, get it together. Like, you're crying. I can't deal with it because you need to be stronger. And I didn't break up with him. (laughs) But by the end of the week, I had a volleyball game. And I said to him, hey, so So this this is the response to the are you a brunette question? I mean, do you like brunettes question? No, this was the response. So I was crying because I was stressed out. Oh yeah. His response Mm -hmm. was like, you're too much. Like I can't deal with this. And Mm -hmm. so that happened. And then we went to homecoming together and he wanted to go get sushi and I hate fish, but I was like, okay, let's go anyway. And he orders all you can eat sushi for both of us Ah, at this. Yeah. And I take your love right there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so nervous. I mean, is this for real? Like, seriously? Yeah. And I'm so nervous and I'm kind of grossed out. And he's like, no joke. He looks at me and goes, put a normal look on your face, please. Because I was like, ugh. That is abusive. That is I know. So he says this. And then I take one bite. I almost vomit. 
And he's like, I feel like you're faking. Not, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let's get you something cooked. Like, I'm so sorry. I feel like you're faking. And oh so he tells, God. he eats his fill and he tells the waiter when he takes away my food, I'm sorry about her. I know your people don't like to waste food. Oh. And I was just like, you know but what, you know, But you know what's ironic though, or not? The fact that you remember the exact words. You know, sometimes they say, they say, I might forget what you did to me. I might forget what you said to me. I'll never forget the way you make me feel. Mm-hmm. You not only... Oh my God. You also, you remember what they said. And of course, what they made, how they made you feel. Yeah. Wow. Just know that I'm sending you a a big, (laughs) warm, ginormous, Texas-sized, bigly hug. Thank you. That is awful. Yeah. And I still went to the dance with him. So after- You and Mackenzie, you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Afterward, he didn't offer to get- get me something else for dinner. He bought me some gum at the gas station so that my breath wouldn't smell like fish. And he wanted it too, so his breath didn't smell like fish. And so we're at the dance and we're dancing together and there's no sweetness or anything. It's like, um, I think he kissed me and he's like, your breath smells like fish. That's what he said. And then he said he was joking. Okay, and so, so we ended up- Oh my God. I know. Ugh, I know. <laughs> So he ended up, we left the dance early and we're in his car. And I said, just so you know, we're not having sex tonight. Don't even try because I could tell that that, that's where the relationship was headed. Like he wanted that. And I absolutely was not going to give that to him. Well, good for you. And thank you. We're in the car and we're messing around. And he says, and when I tell you he was not attractive, just hard to remember these things because it was just not only was he a jerk but he was not cute so there was nothing that made me want to like be any kind of extra nice toward him and all the while before this he's like flirting with my friends because we're in like the same national honor society together and he's like ditching me flirting with my friends, treating me like crap, flirting with my friends in front of me, all that kind of stuff. So messing around in his car. I I love the fact that you're sharing your story, but that probably just tells us the level of low self-esteem that these kids put you in. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing. Because I don't know, we haven't gotten to the part whether you were ever suicidal or not, but I wouldn't even be surprised. And when I tell people that, over 50% of people who die by suicide do not have mental illness. They look at me like I'm speaking Swahili. Pero es verdad. You know, they, 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 you know it's, it, it's that way because of stuff that happens to them. But of course, ultimately it goes down to they suck every self-esteem you have out of you. And any, kind like- of, any leg to balance on and that's why I say to parents, again, you got to just know that your kid is not doing okay because you don't want to open your mouth and say the wrong thing. And this mm-hmm. is the last frontier as a parent. And then your child is like, okay, that's it. I don't care how fast you fill up this mug. You can keep on filling it up. It will take as much. And then one day, one drop, and it's going to spill over, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And so for teenagers who end up attempting or, heaven forbid, complete a suicide attempt, this is exactly what we're talking about. 
Because mm-hmm. they just take away any sense of self-worth. It's like, yes. so you have to flirt with my friends? Like, what am I doing wrong? Do I not look the way you want? Do I not talk the way you want? Like, am I not funny? And it comes down to in high school, especially I think for girls, it's either jealousy or you're not putting out or you're putting out and they're tired of you. Yeah. It's always going to be like that. It's It's exhausting. Yeah. If, unless it's, It's like a special situation where you meet the love of your life in high school, which I believe you can, but when you're struggling or people are making you feel bad about yourself, it's not you, it's their personality not clicking with yours or they're being jealous of you or them wanting something that you don't want to give. So don't feel pressured to give in to what people who don't treat you the right way want from you, you know, like realize that they're not treating you the right way and they don't deserve any part of you. Amen. So, yeah. So he ended up, we're in his car and I'm kind of over it at this point, but he has the audacity to go, I have a condom after I told him like, Oh my God. And I was like, Nope, take me home. And I didn't break up with him. But later that week I said to him, Hey, so I feel like you're not really into me. And he looks me dead in the face and he says, I'm into you. I just can't get into you. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, what gives you the confidence to do that? And so I ended up writing him this long letter and I put it in his locker. I said, you don't act the way you used to. You're not sweet. You're not caring. And he ended up calling me and we would say, I love you. We said it early on. And I asked him, I was like, so do you even love me? Like you said you did. He's like, no. I was like, okay, we're breaking up. And it was so funny. My coach, my volleyball coach, he heard about it and he played me this song trying to make me feel better. My volleyball coaches were like my only friends on the volleyball team, by the way. So yeah, that's how that ended. But while we were dating, I was in the library and I love this story. I was in the library by myself doing some homework one day and I look over to like the tables where you can sit and do homework. I was on a computer. I look over and I see this couple, this boy who I knew from the yearbook, but didn't know personally. And I always thought he was cute and he had his arm around his girlfriend and he's like kissing her cheek and they're laughing and talking. And I just thought to myself, like, why like, that's exactly what I want. What you want, yeah. I knew you were yeah. going there. I'm yeah. like you. I'm a hopeless romantic all day and all night. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a Pisces, you know. Yeah. That's who I am. And I'm just staring at this couple. And they're just so cute. And they're laughing. And I could tell that he, because he had his arm around her. He's so sweet to her. And I just felt so jealous. Like, yeah. what do I not have that makes people want to treat me that way. Well, funny enough, that guy was my current husband. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so it, I always tell this story and I'm like, you know, I saw something I wanted and I wasn't going to settle for anything but the real thing. <laughs> well, amen to you. More power to you. I mean, you know what? Uh, I don't even know what to say. Phew. Well, I so, do have to ask. Did you ever, were you ever suicidal? I mean, that's the one question I'm going to try as much as possible to ask 
my guests I haven't done that because most people have come on with the story that they were suicidal. Yeah. But were and you I, ever suicidal at any point in time? Did you ever feel like this is just not this it's just not worth it, you know? I don't think I felt like that until I was older. Oh, because I think it was like it all stemmed from these experiences in high school, and there I have yes. so many more stories. Like, have you heard about the the the, the mnemonic called Aces? Aces. So Aces is uh, adverse childhood experiences, and indeed, it's been found to be related to toxic stress, which children encounter, and a lot of the bad effects last into adulthood. So yeah, I know you probably have many more stories, but I'm just saying even the little bit that we've heard, it is no wonder it followed you. It followed absolutely. you. And you absolutely need, and I don't know if you have or not, needed, I don't know if you had or not, supported people around you outside of that. Because as a teenager, all you see is your friends already. That's all that matters. That's the only people but truly it's not and my my eldest son when he was a guest on the podcast i asked him what would you tell your your 12 year old self he's 21 and he said i would have told him to just don't worry that these people they're not gonna last Mm -hmm. these friends they're not real and enjoy the friends that he actually did have which he didn't he didn't even enjoy them because he was too busy worrying about those he shouldn't have worried about. And I'm like, what? A smart boy. I know I'm your mom, but still, you know? Mm-hmm. So what would you tell your younger self, knowing what you know now? Probably the same thing. Like, don't change who you are to fit anybody's desire or don't change who you are to fit anybody's impression of who they want you to be like or who they think you should be because I've done that like I had friends who I would go above and beyond for and I don't talk to them anymore and they they ditched me right after we graduated you know like don't try so hard to be what people think that you should be because they're never going to be satisfied like the only person who needs to be satisfied with who you are is you and you have to live with yourself forever like these people don't, you know? And so I still struggle with these wounds from high school because of what people would say about me. Like, like this girl said right before I spoke in front of the whole school that she couldn't stand the sound of my voice and going on a podcast for people to hear my voice that Uh always goes through. Now I get it. So it makes a lot of sense. It makes yeah, a lot so, of sense now why you were afraid because you thought your voice and I, I my voice has always been a, a deeper version, but it's even that much deeper now because I've got what they call phonotrauma just from talking a lot. But also I went to um, San, uh, I went to Asia, I went to Singapore and Vietnam in January mm-hmm. and I got a virus that gave me the pink eye. Aww and laryngitis and damage my vocal cord. So now my vocal cords are swollen. So they're more, they're deeper. And the treatment is, well, we don't know, it's 50-50 that you might lose your, I'm like, what? No, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Mm. no. Like imagine me not being able to talk. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. So that's the thing. So 
But I, in other words, what I'm saying is I don't like the sound of my voice either. But you know what? This is the voice I'm, I'm going to have to, I just going to have to get used to it. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. So same with you. I mean, she didn't like your voice just before you went up. Oh, how mean. Yeah. People, these are people's children. Yeah. What was funny is she said that to one of my friends. And then my friend told me, so-and-so said this about you. Now go talk in front of the whole school. I know. And it was just like, if I wasn't already nervous, to talk in front of the whole school and now I am yes and so stuff like that or you know when you let people when you're vulnerable with people physically or you tell them something that you don't want other people to know and they take advantage of that yes like you let yourself be vulnerable sometimes because you know you feel that you can really trust the person and you have a connection I think that's great but other times it's especially with boys, it's like, you don't want them to become uninterested. You don't want girls to stop being your friends because, you know, you don't have enough interesting stuff to say, or, you know, it's like, and so you let them in on the next level up and guess what? They just leave you high and dry. And, uh, exactly. So yeah. don't force yourself to be something that you don't want to be. Don't force yourself to be vulnerable with people who you can't trust with that vulnerability because chances are in high school, you're not going to be able to trust those people and they're going to come and go. And like I said, they don't have to live with you forever. You don't have to live with them forever, but you do have to live with yourself forever. And if you hate yourself, that's just going to follow you. And yes. if you allow yourself, which I know it's not easy to not allow yourself, but if you allow yourself to become open and susceptible to the hurtful things that people do, it's going to cause damage that will follow you and eventually convince you that your life doesn't matter. Yes. That you don't matter. That the world would be better off without you. Yes. Even if you are surrounded by people who love you genuinely, like my husband, like my family, there's so many times in my adult life where I would just say, like, like no, they would be so much better off without me. And you know, like, the funny thing, you just nailed it. I read somewhere where they said, even love is not enough. Mm -mm. if love were enough no one will ever be attempting suicide period mm -hmm. but love is not enough from the in other words outside love is not enough money is not enough otherwise all of hollywood would still be complete so you have to truly have to i love the way you put it you just you have to try your very best to not let not let them even though you and i know words do hurt and sarcasm is a form of bullying. And repetition. Know that? And if, re if of course. It, if it happens once, yes, you can shake exactly. it off. The definition of bullying means there is a victim, true. There's a bully, right? But the bully also has an intent to hurt the victim. And secondly, the bully does it repeatedly. So and eventually right. you do yes. become the bully because yes, exactly. you wake up every day going, well, I have another breakout. Now I'm not pretty. Oh, well, haven't lost the weight yet. Not pretty, not worth yes. love. Oh, I burned dinner. Uh, I'm a crappy wife or, yes. you know, the house isn't clean. Guess I can't handle 
the simplest things in life. And love it. It, and it's not that the house isn't clean. Ugh, I don't want to clean it, but it has to be clean, which is the mindset I have now. Yes. It's you look at everything that's not perfect in your life as a reflection of you of and you. as a reflection of you being bad, of you yes. being unable to cope with life. And you turn it into this lie that perpetuates over and over and over again that you aren't enough, you can't handle it, and the people in your life would be better off without you and because so you're not there to mess up to, their lives. Yeah, that brings us to what I promised you we're going to do. We're going to do a five-minute session of, we're not going to do that anymore. And it's not easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. But what you've already started, I want you to finish. Every time that thought comes to you, you already know it's a lie. If someone else came and told you a lie, would you believe it, Kenzie? Mm -hmm. So why do you tell you a lie and you believe it? See what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the first thing today is no, not today. So the per allow the thoughts to come if you want to. Take a seat even and then look him in the eye or look her in the eye and say, look, today, not today. We're not, you're not going to tell me I'm not good enough. But you have to replace, you see, any bad habit to break it Usually, not just telling yourself it's, it's not always enough. That's why the therapist tells you, I want you to do this, that, and the other when that thought process comes in. Replace it right away with good thoughts. And eventually, your brain, it's just like your cell phone, your smartphone. You try to text duck, D-U-C-K. It's like, no, I meant duck, you know? And you put duck three or four more times. Guess what? Every time you write, I'm eating, it will find, it will give you duck. So that's your brain. It may what? not be as simple as that, but it's, it's a good explanation. I want you to start replacing every time those negatives and write them down, write the positives down because you might not always remember all the good things you've done. The last time I went in to see that doctor, I, I said to myself, girl, you're killing it. And, and I was. And I go back there every time to remind myself that, yes, I did tell myself that. That me is who I need right now. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's practice, but you know, I'm going to check on you, Mackenzie. Make sure that you're doing it. You're telling well, yourself you're good. What's funny is I'm to the point where I do actively practice those types of things because it's like any negative thought, you know, the more repetition, the more you're going to believe it. So why yes. can't you do that with positive thoughts? Why can't you? Well, you can. You... They, say, they say it's the, it's the wolf that you feed that thrives. Exactly. So I was so good at only thinking negatively about myself that eventually, and with the help of medication, my family, my husband, like all that kind of stuff, it, it has helped yes. me. But on the days where I'm like, God, I have no energy to do anything because all I see is a mess and all I see is my failure. I try to do those repetitions and take inventory of the things that I'm good at. Yes. And it's like, I, the kitchen's a mess because I made delicious food for my husband. Amen. Or, you know, it, or it. yeah. So I it, love it. It's just and there's like no way that. you could have made that food if the kitchen was, you know, if you didn't have to get the, the raw ingredients or whatever. I love mm -hmm. that. That's a wonderful. I'm writing that down, girl. I'm writing. I'm going to put that on Facebook today. I can't tag you. 
tag my Instagram name. On Facebook? Yeah, you can just put, see her on Instagram at Mackenzie Campanelli. So the kitchen is messy because I made good today. Because I made delicious food for my husband. I love that. Or it's a whole pile of dishes in your sink because you ate well all week and you had, you were too busy doing other things in life to clean it up. And now you have time so you can clean it up. Like, I was going to say, and last time I checked, what did the dirty dishes in, in the sink do? Nothing. Like they stayed dirty. Like, okay. Yeah. And um, maybe if you're having Obama coming to visit. All right. Exactly. Gonna, it's going to be more than just my dishes. We're going to have to fix the entire street. Right. But yeah. for now, Okay, so I didn't do the dishes yet. And your you know? kitchen isn't the only messy kitchen. Like, I know. In the whole world, I love it. Keep it you coming, know, girl. Oh, and you know what? Oprah's like, kitchen's messy prayers. sometimes. God answers prayers, and sometimes his answer is not yet. And so my kitchen is not clean, not yet. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And yeah. I'm not a bad person as a result. I'm not a bad mother when you do become a mom as a result. None of that. I'm still good. You know, I'm still a good person in the grand scheme of things. I have a niece who is hurting and I'm there for her. That mm -hmm. is a life we're going to be impacted. So those yeah. are positive things. Now, you may not be able to feel or see like dishes, but positive nonetheless, right? And that's what's so funny that you say that. You can see the things that you think reflect your failure so you can see yes. the dirty dishes you can see that the cat box needs to be cleaned you can see that you need to vacuum the floor you can see that your face is breaking out or you can you can see all of these things what you can't see is how you impact somebody's life yes you can't see you know like when i I didn't have time this week because i i was working so much so i i can't see you know the smile on somebody's face when I call them or the joy when somebody is able to like come and buy a home. You know, I, I can't see that because that's not my job right now. And I, I, I can't see like how my, my husband's teachers look at him when he succeeds because, you know, we work as a team for him mm -hmm. to do well in school. I can't see any of that, mm -hmm. but you're surrounded by things that you can see that remind that tell you that you're a failure. So if you just kind of look at it, like, well, there's a reason why these things are messy. I was tired. I didn't want to do it after I worked. I was busy having a good time with my husband. I was busy playing with my cats. Like I went out to the farmer's market to enjoy the nature. Like I didn't yeah. want to do it. It's like, just look at it like that. And not as like, well, you didn't make time for it. So you suck, you know? And that is the bully in your head telling you that. Wow. Mackenzie, I tell you, I could talk to you all day. And I'm so happy that you are going to write that book with all those stories that you told me, the ones that you didn't get to this time, because we're going to have page three. We're gonna, you know, you're going to start that podcast because you do have a lot to say. As a matter of fact, there's a particular podcast I was listening to one time. And then I listened again, and then one of the people had killed herself. And so now there's only one person doing the podcast. And I was like, oh my God. And they used to talk about, you know, the fact that she was depressed. And I'm like, oh my God, you know? So while we have life, we're going to celebrate it. 
We're going to live it to the fullest. We're going to take it one day at a time. There will be good days. There will be bad days. There will be the days that your son pushes it to the edge. And there will be the days that he's so nice and he helps you with your Facebook life. I mean, you know, it's both of them together. And so remember that before you can get the nice, delicious meal, the kitchen uh, is kind of going to have to be messy a little bit. And that's okay. I love it. I love that. Yeah, I wrote it down. Wow. So I don't know. You want to you wanna keep going? You want to? I think just the overall thing that I want to get across is like people, you don't have control over what people say or do. Like I would have people point and laugh at me. I would have people call me names behind my back without even knowing me. I would have people, teachers, being like, okay, this is a funny story. Even so, your teachers? Oh, yeah. One of the the athletic director, he was, I swear he was a predator. He would be so inappropriate and just like say suggestive things to me. It was, yeah. it was so uncomfortable. Sexually explicit or sexually inappropriate at least. Yeah. And so the baseball coach, my sister told me this actually, she was dating this guy who was on the baseball team. And he said that one time I walked by and the baseball guys were talking to the coach who was a history teacher. And they said, Oh, Mackenzie, yeah, she's hot, whatever. And the baseball coach said, yeah, but she's not smart. She's only book smart, not smart, smart. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, you dad, honey, I'll get that guy. Yeah. I didn't know it until like later. I think she told me, I don't know when she told me that. Um, but yeah. And I, I lost so many friends for no reason. I, once you realize that a lot of people are only going to be in your life when they need someone and then they're going to disappear, the less bad you feel about yourself. Because I had so many friends who I would invite over, go above and beyond for when they were sad, like all sorts of things. And I don't talk to them anymore. And they, they'll message me sometimes and be like, oh my gosh, I miss you. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, if you were my friend, you would have kept being my friend after your hard time passed. True. You know, and you wouldn't come back now when you're experiencing another hard time for me to help you with and then stop talking to me again. You know, like, so yeah. So it just helps you be a little bit smarter. Who is there? Exactly. And so now, now it's like, I don't care that I have maybe two friends. Like I don't care because I don't want to waste my time on friendships that are one-sided, you know, like, and you shouldn't like whoever's listening, you shouldn't either. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> like, like if you're in high school and someone's talking behind your back, you don't need them as a friend. If you're in a workplace environment where you think someone's your friend and they're telling everybody the stuff that you tell them, you don't need them. Like, don't let people stay in your life who aren't good for your life. Like, and that's it. Whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, coworker, regular friend, I don't care. Like, it's better to have. Let me let me let me mess that up for you. Even if it's a sibling. So as you get older, you will know that. Yes, I said it. Some siblings are toxic. Mm-hmm. They are. So she said, friend, cousin, other. True. I'm saying even if it's a sibling, even if it's a sibling, 
In other words, even if it's a family member, yeah, cut them. As you get older, it just takes too much effort, too much effort. And it's like, it's not even in the grand scheme of things. No. And I probably said the phrase grand scheme of things <laughs> too many times today, but it's better that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need those people at all. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Don't lose who you are to please other people. Like that's just, it, it doesn't matter how old you are you should come first to an extent. Obviously, if you have genuine people in your life who love you, like don't be selfish <laughs> to an extent. Yes. But, you know, love the people who love you and love yourself. And that's all that matters. That's like, it. I got to write that down. Love the people who love you and love yourself. So how can the people find you, the same people who love you? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I only have Instagram right now. My username is just Mackenzie Campanelli, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-C-A-M-P-A-N-I-L-E. Um, but I did buy equipment to start a podcast. So Yay! hopefully <laughs> hopefully within the next eternity, I will have a website and podcast up for people. I want to share the delicious food I make that makes my kitchen a mess. I want to share my gardening. I have three cats. I have a wonderful husband and I want to share that. And I want my podcast to just be a platform for anybody to come and talk about whatever is heavy on them. So pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't I love it. think there's going to be much structure to it. I just want to talk about the things that are important to people. And that includes me. I want to talk about high school, hating yourself, body dysmorphia, you know, depression, anxiety, politics. If you need to talk about politics, like let's talk about it. I want to give a platform to myself, whether I have one listener or a million, like I just want to give a platform for people who think that they don't have a voice so so what is this podcast called do we have a name should we even ask (laughs) literally don't ask because i think about it every day i think okay what am i going to call my website what am i going to call my podcast and that's where the bully inside my head creeps in and goes you're never gonna succeed in this like every name you think is stupid and i'm trying to fight the bully right now trying to come up with a name and I will succeed. It's something that I feel passionate about. So when I have yes. a name, I will let you know. And Amen. Then, then we can promote her up and down the internet. You know, it. you know, <laughs> you just know it. I am so excited. Wow. Mackenzie, always, always a pleasure. And if the listeners are wondering why I keep making it sound like I've met her before, it is because I have. It is because I have. <laughs> and so, yes, always a pleasure. I love you. I fell in love with you when I heard you talking to your aunt on a podcast, which we should put a plug. Yeah, let's, 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 let's blast <laughs> your aunt. So her podcast is called Fancy Free Podcast, right? Where she talks to women. Is it just women? Yeah. Women yeah. who have had embarrassing moments. She's just trying to make sure that everybody knows that you're not alone. We've all had a moment that we're like, oh God, I, I, did that happen to me? Really? But it did, yes. Instagram handle one more time. Yeah, so it's just the at sign and then my first and last name, Mackenzie Campanelli. Post a lot of good content 
Um, I've got 21 posts. Most of them are my cats um, and food. So if you're into either one of those things. You're doing better than me. You've got 21 whole posts. <laughs> like I did 11. I, I posted it. two days in a row on Friday and Saturday. And oh my gosh, I felt so conceited. I was like, girl, <laughs> you need to back off. But hey. As opposed to saying, girl, you're killing it. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. We just went to that department and came back. So yes, you're killing it because apparently that is what sells on Instagram. You know, yeah. doing it every day or whatever, consistency or whatever. So, hey, I hope your followers do grow. I know you will do good things. You will do great things. And whereas it's a lot that you've been through, I am thankful that you stayed and thankful that you never considered hurting yourself or we're still hurting yourself. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm glad our paths crossed. I'm glad you came on the show. I'm glad you overcame your fear and you are killing it, sister. You're, you're killing it. Thank okay? you. So are you. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all the listeners. This is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Follow us on Instagram. I am on Facebook. Follow us on social media. You see, I'm going to edit that. You see what I mean? I am on Facebook mostly, but I'm also on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter. And my first name and my last name, Uchina Ume. There's only one with the beautiful smile and the gap in the teeth looking fly as ever. Yes, that's me. And I also have a Facebook page called Ask Dr. Lulu. And of course, the podcast has its own Facebook page. It's called Suicide Pages. So there are many ways to find me. So we will see you all later. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. You want to say goodbye, Miss McKenzie? Bye. Thank you so much. Always so fun talking to you. I'm so grateful that you take the time to listen to my... <laughs> unorganized thoughts so long farewell we're saying goodbye